Into sports. 20 yards out. Urs shoot. Don't oh, oh, what a goal for Fabinho! Wow! And get into the all-new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him. Yeah, no. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Fabregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do we get a slap? Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. The OTB Podcast Network. Football on Off The Ball With Paddy Power Ready for your next big move? The trip from the fridge to the couch Gamble responsibly Gamblingcare.ie Alright, it is that time of a Thursday John Giles is with us Evening John Evening Nathan You keeping well? Good, thank you <laughs> Sad news this week uh, The passing of Ian St John at 82 He was a Liverpool legend A key part of that first great Liverpool side That you would have gone up against under Bill Shankly in the 60s, 425 appearances, 118 goals for Liverpool, and the man who broke your heart in that FA Cup final in 1965. Definitely. I was a terrific player, uh, Nathan. Uh, he, he played, Roger Hunt re- usually, pl- well, played like centre-forward and, and Ian played off him. Right. But come deep, but he, he, he wasn't just an out-and-out striker. He could get on the ball, very, very clever player, uh, good control, Excellent header of the ball. Well, you could see probably photographs during the week where he scored the winner. I unfortunately got into that in that photograph because I was quite near him when he scored it. Uh, terrific header in extra time against Leeds in 1965. Uh, he was a very, he was a top, really top player. Looking back at the footage of him, he looked like he was very well built. That he had great upper body strength. Yeah, he was. He was stocky, stocky lad. He, he wasn't. He wasn't tall. Uh, but he was a really, really top-class header of the ball. He was a good player. He could come deep, he could get on the ball, he could link it up brilliantly. Uh, but getting in the box, if he, was, if he had a chance for a header, uh, he, would, he could beat big fellas in the air even. Uh, he was really good, top-class player. And, and he, he scored a winner. I played in the team in 1965. Mm. Actually, there was a superstition at that time, Nathan, that Liverpool would never win the FA Cup as long as the, the live bird was there. Right, on the jersey. No, yeah, the library board in, in Liverpool. You know, the okay, building. yeah, on the... Yeah. Yeah, on the well, building, yeah. Well, we, we, we proved that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly Ian did, getting the winner in extra, extra time. Yeah. Now he was top class, man. He, 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 he transformed them. You know, when Shankly took over early on, they were, don't forget, they were in the second division. Yeah. Uh, and they paid quite a bit of you. I think it came from Motherwell. A fair bit of money, 37000 at that time. And he brought him and um, big Ron Yates to centre half, and they definitely helped to transform uh, a big help to transform Liverpool at that particular time. His role within the team then is interesting the way you talk about it because like Roger Hunt is one of Liverpool's all-time great goal scorers and is on a different level in terms of numbers of yeah. goals scored. So Ian St. John was as much a provider as a goal scorer, by the way. You're definitely, yeah. He he wasn't an out and out striker, uh, uh, Nathan, at all. He was um, he, he wore the number nine, funny enough. But he was he, he played deeper than than Roger. Roger would be making the runs. Ian could get on the ball and and, and make goals as well as score goals. Uh, so he was an all round player as a, as as a forward. He wasn't. He definitely wasn't an out and out striker. And when he's making those runs and he's dropping that bit deeper, 
is Big Jack following him? Is Norman Hunter following him? Or is it the midfield's job to pick him up? Well, well, when you get a player like him, it's very difficult to pick him up. You know what I mean? Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you move Norman Hunter out to him and then Norman is cut out of position? So he was a very, very clever player. Uh, and it, it's very, very difficult to mark a player like that because, again, his control was good and he could come from a deep position to get goals as well. So it was very, very difficult to mark him. I mean, he was, he's a little bit too far forward for a midfield player to pick him up, you know? Yeah. So, um, he, and, and clever. He was an intelli- really intelligent player, real footballer. People in my generation would remember him far more, obviously, from the TV and St. Greavesy. Were you a fan? Did you ever appear in it? Uh, no, I was never, never, never on the. Uh, I, I think I was away in Ireland at, at most of that time, or right. in, in, in Canada. Well, I would. They didn't need me at that time. Uh, anyway, they were they were doing well enough on their own, and uh, but they were very, very popular, as we know. Good sense of humour, yeah. and you had Greavesy. I mean, Greavesy, you wouldn't recognise Greavesy on the screen, uh, the television, as, as 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 this great footballer that we've seen, who was a lean lad. Uh, on the telly, he, got, he put on a bit of weight and lost his hair and that, and became very, very well brilliant at what he did. But if you know, like I, I didn't know Jimmy Greaves very well. I played against him a lot. You would never have put him down for the Jimmy Greaves, the player, Boy. when he was on television. Great sense of humour in that. Yeah, and 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 so did so did uh, Ian St John. They were they were brilliant between them on the television. There's no doubt uh, at that time, Nathan. Did you get to know Ian St. John at all away yeah, from football? Yeah, I got to know him quite well uh, when he finished playing. Actually, he, he, stayed, he stayed at the house in, in Leeds uh, one time for a couple of days. He had, I think he was doing a bit of business in Leeds at the time. Uh, and I played against him quite a lot. Okay. Yeah, I, got to, I got to know him quite well. He was a good, good character, a bit of fun, good bit of fun in him, uh, Nathan. Yeah, he was a good lad. Yeah. Uh, I watched back that 65 Cup final and... There are some serious questions, John, about the honesty of effort of the Leeds number seven in tracking back for his goal. Could you have, do- <laughs> could you have done more? Not really. Not really. No, no, I don't think so, Nathan. I was playing. I was. I, we were. We were down to a few ten men at that particular stage. We a few lads injured, so I was playing more or less midfield rather than just on the on on the right wing. No, I got. I got back. I was down near the eighty nine. But uh, uh, Paul Rini, our uh, fullback, he he went back on the end line. Mm. You know, Paul. I mean, Paul was a great player. I don't want to be, be critical, but 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 he he could have been out. He didn't have to go on the end line before the ball was crossed. Yeah. You know, because I was I was never going to match in St John in the air. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't have got back any more than I did. Let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, at that particular time, Nathan. That that was into extra time. Well, into extra time. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to say you had 10 men at that stage because there was uh, an infamous incident where I think it was Jerry Byrne had dislocated his collarbone or broke his shoulder very early in the game, but because there was no substitutes, had to play on. Would that have been a, a regular occurrence then that you would have ended up without the full 11 because there were no substitutes? Yeah. Yeah, well, well Jerry Byrne was, was a good player, a good, good, honest lad playing at left-back who was obviously brave because, mm. I mean, anybody knows if you dislocate your shoulder or you break your shoulder, then... You're in hospital. Yeah, he played on. He played. He played into extra time and that uh, uh, on the, on the day, Nathan, and played and played well. Uh, but we had a, we had a few lads on the day. Jim Story was a lad who he got injured early on. Right, like we were down to nine players actually. Right, most of the match, Nathan. To be quite honest, Albert uh, Hansen played on the left wing, and you played on the right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I played. Uh, 
Jim Story got injured and he came out in the ring. So I played mostly as a midfield player in, in that particular match. But we were down to nine nine men against a great right. Liverpool team. And, uh, you know, we put, we put up a show. We took them to extra time. Uh, they went to one in front and Billy Bremner scored a terrific goal to make it 1-1. Uh, and they deserved to win it. We, we, we weren't really threatening them. I mean, it was, it was, that was our first season uh, in the first division. We were promotion. That was our first season. And, but we had this doggedness about us anyway, even at that early stage in our careers, yeah. to take them to extra time. Because Liverpool at that time were, were uh, champions from the previous season and were a terrific team. You know, Ian Callahan, Peter uh, Thompson, Ian St. John, Don Yates, Tommy Smith, Chris Lauder. They, this was they really, really were a top team. They won the, 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 the cup, they started the league the year before, they won the cup in 65. And they won the league again in '66. Yeah. So this was the first great Liverpool team uh, that, Shank, that Shankly produced. One of the things, quite often when you do watch these games back from the '60s, is the ferocity of the tackles. I, I'm not sure if that tackle on Jerry Byrne from Bobby Collins was that dangerous, but obviously it did a lot of damage. I, I didn't realize because you speak a lot about Bobby Collins and how he was such an inspiration for you when you went yeah. to Leeds. Yeah. He was just a little lad. Yeah, he was short. You were towering over him. <laughs> I was towering. I was taller than Bobby, but he was as strong as an ox. Right. Oh, and 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 and, and funny enough, when you when you when you when you're small uh, or short, I wouldn't call him small because he was tough. He was he was he was muscle, all muscle, and that. But it it can be a help for, with with a, a lower sense of gravity mm. uh, in in and around the tackling, particularly because you're under the big fellas, you know. And Bobby could really dish it out. Yeah. I mean, he was a terrific player. He was, he was, he was huge influence on Leeds United and Celtic. He was a great player at Celtic for ten years before he came to Everton. And then he had five great years at Everton. They loved him at Everton before. He was thirty-two when he came to Leeds. Yeah. And in, 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 in thirty-two, so Bobby was about thirty-five, thirty-six in that particular match, Nathan. Right. Oh, but, it, but but he could really play. But he could. He could, as they say, <laughs> handle himself. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the tackle of Jerry Bourne, I mean, he's under Jerry Bourne and he's breaking, and, 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 and he's, he's, he's cracking his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Only had was no Bobby wouldn't take any prisoners, right. and you, you couldn't mess around with him either, right. you know, at all. Yeah, even in training. Even in training. Right. Oh yeah, Bobby. Bobby wouldn't. You only had to look crossways at him. And he'd, uh, he'd be after you. And you wouldn't want that. <laughs> he didn't forget. No, no, not at all. But he was, he was a terrific player. But it was tough times now. And it was a different time. Yeah. You know, this, this was 1965. Uh, and, uh, you know, grievous bodily harm in, in tackles wasn't unusual. Mm. Yeah, it was. Even looking back at the footage, and there's such pageantry around the FA Cup final. I think the Queen was in attendance. The Duke of Edinburgh's there at one stage when it's going into extra time. They're saying the Duke of Edinburgh's upset because he's due to pay polo at six o'clock. He didn't really <laughs> want to hang around for extra he wanted time. To get away. Wanted but to get away. It, yeah. But if you look at that Liverpool team, uh, you had Tommy Smith in there, Chris mm. Lawler, Ron Yates. They had loads of players that could. Jerry Bourne himself, although he got injured in that day, could could really. They, they all could look after themselves. Ian St John could. Yeah. You would want to mess around with Ian St John. <laughs> You know, he could, he could, uh, he, 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 he couldn't take any prisoners either. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a sad loss. That is for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good lad. Just yeah. before we go to ads, actually, because another sad loss today was uh, Phil Chisnell, who is probably best remembered as being the last player to transfer from Manchester United to Liverpool. But he would have been at Manchester United the same time you were there. 
Yeah, he was, I played with with with, uh, with with Phil for a couple of seasons. He was an England schoolboy international. He came a couple of years after me. Uh, and he got in. He played in the team quite a bit. Mm. Uh, he, he, I think he played right wing for for England, but he played more or less, funny enough, as a as a, a striker. If I want you to target, and he wasn't big now. He wasn't particularly good in the air, but he was very good control, quite strong, could hold the ball up. Uh, and it was a surprise, actually. I was surprised when he went to Liverpool, when United sold him to Liverpool. Was that a big deal back then? Was that uh, rivalry there? Sorry? Was uh, the rivalry there between United and Liverpool then as it is now, where it, like, it just wouldn't be acceptable, I don't think, for a player to be able to go between the two? Uh, not quite. Not quite. I think uh, when he went to Liverpool, they were either just in the second division mm. or coming out of the second division. But there was there was still the rivalry there, but it, it wasn't as great. Obviously, when when Liverpool started to win the trophies like they did uh, in in sixty four, sixty five, and sixty six, that's when the, the the huge rivalry started. Up to then, there hadn't been that much between uh, Manchester United and Liverpool. It's when Liverpool became successful, but he wasn't really part of the successful team. Yeah, I think he, he actually he, to be honest, he didn't do all that well at Liverpool. Yeah, he didn't he, play very much at all. No, he didn't play much, and he went out of the game fairly quickly. Phil, for for uh, surprisingly so for the promise that he showed early on. Right, John, stick with us. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to talk about the current Manchester United. Football on off the ball with Paddy Power. Fake crowd noise. The Emirates never sounded so good. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie. Football on off the ball with Paddy Power. Ready for your next big move? The trip from the fridge to the couch. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie. You're welcome back. John Giles is with us. John, a couple of scoreless draws for Manchester United over the past week against Chelsea and then last night against Crystal Palace where they weren't exactly bombarding the Palace goals with chances. Why aren't United creating many opportunities at the moment? Well, it's hard to know, uh, Nathan. They're obviously not doing their stuff in a way uh, that they should be. It, 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 you know, they're going to be challenging Manchester City. Uh, you know, City picked up more points on them over the last two matches uh, and they can't afford that if they're, if they're going to be real real challengers to uh, they're just not doing it well enough mm. they're not playing well enough that's that's the, the bottom line I mean but the reasons I don't know uh, it's hard to be critical of Bruno Fernandes considering the amount of goals he's scored and the impact he's had on the club over the past year but the last couple of games, he has been quieter. In fact, probably for the last few weeks, he's still getting goals. But his overall impact has his is he just going through a dip in form? Or are they just not getting the best out of him? Um, well, well, he's a terrific player, Nathan. And, and, and my take on it is that he's um, he's a goal scoring player and a goal scoring maker coming from midfield. Mm. He is not a midfield player. So in the position he's, he's in. He he has to rely on the creative midfield player getting the ball to him for him to do what he's really, really good at, either scoring goals or making goals. And I think what's happened is that and the, 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 the stats show that when he's playing against, say, the top six team, he hasn't played as well as he had, has done against the other teams. And that's mainly due, obviously, to when he's playing against the better teams, that Manchester United midfield players are not getting in positions or having enough of the ball 
to get it to him in the position that he does is the most damage. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, in those games, United usually play with both Fred and Scott McTominay as the more, yes. say, traditional midfielders, holding midfielders. So yeah. are they too negative? Is he, is he playing too deep in those games that he can't affect us no, no, in no, that he, final no, third? No, he, he plays in the positions that, he's, that he normally plays right. in against the, good, against the good teams. But he is dependent on people getting the ball to him. Mm. And I don't think Manchester United have the players in midfield good enough to get the ball to him in the positions that he's really dangerous when it comes to the top matches. If it comes to, the, to, to, to playing Brighton, for example, uh, well then, you know, that's, they're not, that's not Chelsea and it's not Liverpool. So they, can, they get the ball to him in those particular matches. He's dependent on them, Nathan. He's, he's not a playmaker as such. He's, he's a finisher and he can go, score goals himself and get into the position to make goals. But he is dependent on getting the balls from a deeper position at Manchester United and not providing for him. So I think it's a bit unfair for him for people to be saying at the moment, well, he's not doing it against the big teams. It's not that he's not trying on that. It's just that the bigger teams don't allow Manchester United to get the ball to him as the inferior teams do. Is that area then the priority for Solskjaer heading into the summer? Because when we're talking about transfers in Manchester United, there's still question marks about the central defensive pairing, about whether they maybe need another number nine when you look at Cavani's age and Martial's form. But is it somebody to get the ball to Fernandez that should be the priority? Because this seems quite similar almost to the conversation we have about Pogba at times, that Pogba isn't that player, he's someone no. else, and you need somebody to get him the ball as well. Yes, so they need some. I mean, what they need is a young Scholes. Now, I know that's going back a long time because there's not that many good, as many good midfield mm. players around as he did. He was Scholes that from, player? Was Scholes, hmm? was, was Scholes that sort? Was Scholes not oh, yes. in the in the Fernandez style that he needed no, someone to no, get no, to no, him. No, 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 sorry, Nathan. He was the opposite. He was deeper. Scholes initiated it from a deep position. Mm. Right? In other words, if Scholes was playing today, he could get the ball to Fernandez in the position that Fernandez plays best. Right. They don't have, they don't have anybody. It's, it's, when, when, when Fernandez plays, he's, he's a midfield... He, he's a, sorry, he's a, he's a striking player coming from midfield, Nathan. Yeah. He's not a midfield player at all, right? He doesn't initiate things from a deep position at the back. He doesn't receive the ball there. He needs somebody to receive it from the back and get it to him in a forward position. They don't have anybody to do that in the big matches, in what we call the, best, the better teams. In the, in the inferior teams, they can do that and get the ball to him where he's at his best. But they, they need the Skulls. You know, Skulls was brilliant. Skulls initiated things and linked it up from the back to front. Mm. That's what Scholes did. And Scholes is fair about the goals. But Scholes was, in my opinion, a world-class player. Uh, but, but, but Fernandez doesn't play. He's not a Scholes. He's a player that plays, the, 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 say, the, the false nine or the number eight. Nine. And so he's in front of the midfield players. If you watch him play, he's very seldom near his own penalty box. Because he's, he's, he's a goal-scorer and goal-scorer maker from a deep position. But he needs to get the ball to him in the position that he's best at. And they don't have anybody like that. And when they come to the big teams that they're playing against, yeah. then they're less, less inclined or able to do it. You know, if you look at the Manchester United players, McTominay, uh, Fred, uh, Pogba can produce a goal now and again, 
but he's not. A, he doesn't link up the play. He, he Pogba comes into when the ball comes to him. Mm. He doesn't make the ball come to him. Whereas goals and, and midfield players, top class midfield players, make the ball come to him that deep position, and then they link it up to the likes of Fernandez, who is ex- excellent when he does get that provision uh, provided the people providing the ball for. Yeah. If you're looking around the Premier League at the moment then, and if money isn't an object for Manchester United, off the top of your head, are, are, are there obvious solutions? Are there players they can go and buy this summer that fix that problem? Well, I would buy Rice. Okay. I think Rice is the complete midfield player, Nathan. I think he can do it. He's a good defender. He's good. He's, 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 I think he's the, he's, he's the most complete midfield player in the Premiership. So I can't think of anybody else there who can do what, what uh, uh, Fernandez would benefit from. And if, you s- if they were to sign Declan Rice, are you still playing one of McTominay or Fred alongside him? Or yeah, do you, you think could, actually yeah, Rice can do the job of yeah, both of yeah, them? Yeah, you, you, could, you could do it one of them there. Okay. You could do it one of them there. But, 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 but at the moment, like, Pogba's not playing. But Pogba doesn't do it anyway in that position. Mm. He can do brilliant things in the game at times at times, but he doesn't dictate the play. He's not able to, protect, to dictate the play. So you need somebody to dictate it from back to front. Fernandez doesn't come that deep. He's not able to do that, Nathan. His big thing is he's a goal scorer and a goal maker when the ball gets to him in, in, in his part of the field. If it doesn't come to him, he's not going to get a kick of the ball, Nathan. And that's what's happening in some of the big matches. Yeah, they just can't get him involved. Yes. Yes, he's not doing anything different in his the way he plays against the, the lower teams and, and the top teams. It's not his fault. You know, I, I just find it a little bit unfair on him that people are saying, well, you know, he's not a big game player, he's not doing it against the top teams, which he's not. But really, it's not his fault. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how we get on on Sunday. We've got full live commentary of the Manchester Derby. United go up against City on Sunday at half past four. Football and off the ball is with thanks to Paddy Power for information on responsible gambling. Visit gamblecare.ie. Just looking at the other end of the table, a win, a rare win for Sheffield United last night, John, but they're going down, uh, barring uh, some sort of a miracle. And a lot of speculation now around Chris Wilder's future. Uh, he yeah. brought them to unprecedented heights last season, but it hasn't gone well, to put it mildly, this season. Is it fair enough that maybe he's just got as much out of this team as he possibly can and they need to move on? Well, I, I think the, the, the comments about him and what he seems to be going through with the club is outrageous. You know, this More is a fellow took them from the third division. Mm. I think they spent, uh, what, 30-odd 30, 30 uh, million at the start of the season, and young players coming through, you know, and they haven't, they, they haven't really shown for them this year. But for what he's done, I mean, he's, he's made statements in the, in, in the paper that uh, he's, 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 not, he's not getting any agreements with uh, the Prince Abdullah. The owner of the club, yeah. So, obviously, what's happening there is uh, he, he says that he should be, they should be making uh, plans now uh, for when they go down. Mm. You know, well, I think that's that's reasonable to make because he hasn't spent he's hardly spent and he's performed miracles for them. And you know, if you go back on on uh, uh, Sean Dice for for example, uh, he was relegated one year a few years ago, but the, but the club stuck by him. It's not as if they spent a fortune and he's been a, t- a total failure. You know, I think the the, the Prince <laughs> Abdullah has a bit of a cheek, really, to be.
be putting uh, Wilder un- under pressure in the way that he obviously is, in the way Wilder's talking. I mean, the perfect example of doing what should be done would be Norwich last year. You know, they... they, they Daniel Farker, the manager, who's yeah, still who there. Was, who did a great job for them getting them up. They didn't spend... Their, their, their policy was, we're not going to spend any money. And if, if we go down, uh, then we go down and we'll, get the, we'll take the 40 million... Uh, uh, payment, yeah. Payment Parity that payment. they get. But they didn't sack the manager. Mm. You know, and now, if you look at them now, they're back on top of it. I think he's a good manager at Norwich. They didn't spend any money. So you've got to, you've got to look at, well, what did we give him? What's he done? And Farker, Farker what's his name, Farker, is it? Yeah. Did, did great for them. And he's top of the league again this year. And the odds on to go up again in the promotion. They didn't sack him, because that was the policy. Now, what Prince Abdullah seems to be, well, we're not going to spend any money. And we, and we expect you to do this, that and the other. Quite often, right? John, when you look at those teams like Sheffield United who had a successful season and then have yes. a big dip, if you look at the statistics, there's not a huge amount in it. They were winning goals, they were winning games, tight games, whereas this season they're losing tight games. When you look at Sheffield United, is it just they've been a little bit unlucky? Did they overachieve last season? Or are there signs actually that maybe Chris Wilder's methods just aren't working anymore? Well, you know... I don't think Chris Wilder has changed in his policy to the team. I've seen, I've watched them like you did. Uh, they did extremely well last year. Absolutely brilliant for what what was needed. And uh, they've been a bit unlucky in matches this year. They didn't get a good start. You know, but that doesn't make him a bad manager. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what that, the, the Prince of those says? Look, I'm, this is enough. We should be doing better. Which a lot of people do. Uh, owners of club, we should be. They all think they should be top of the league. Nathan. Yeah. You know, in other words. You, you, you did well last year, but you're not doing so good this year. And, and, and if you don't book up, you're going to be out. That's the way it's looking to me. Instead of looking at the situation and saying, what did this man do for us over a period of time? Took us from the third division up into the premiership. At one time last year, they were looking for it looked like a European place. And this, this year, it's collapsed on them. But they haven't spent a lot of money. He'll still get his £40 million next year uh, when they go down for the, the, the parachute uh, thing, as they say. Right, and then give him a chance. Why not give him a few quid to buy better players? You know, miracles are expected. And uh, what, what, what will happen to Sheffield now? I think if they get rid of him, they won't, e- they won't even get promotion. You're taking a gamble now on a new manager coming into a situation where he'd be expected to do, well, miracles. Mm. Wilder has produced miracles for them. Okay, it hasn't gone well this season, but there's no reason they can't, they wouldn't, they can't do what uh, Norwich did. Okay, go down, get back together again, and come back up again. Yeah, uh, we shall see what well, happens there. That, a lot of that doesn't happen in football. As no. I say, Burnley did it with Daesh. Yeah. They were relegated, and they stuck with him. And they've been in the First Division or the Premier League now for the last five or six years, and he's still producing miracles. Yeah, and as you say, Norwich are doing pretty much the exact same thing yes. uh, this season in the Championship. John, we're out of time. Great stuff as always. Okay, Nathan. We'll Speak talk to you, to you next Thursday. Yeah. Uh, John Giles there. If you missed any of that, you can, of course, get it all, as always, on the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fake crowd noise. The Emirates never sounded so good. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie The OTB Podcast Network. 